Welcome back to the Becoming Shameless Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Wallace. I'm your host, Josiah Baines. In today's episode, we'll be addressing conflict. Today's episode is called, Are We Beefing? And so, Josiah, how do you feel like is the best way to address a conflict? What kind of conflict are we talking about? Elaborate. What do you mean, what type of conflict? We got conflict with other believers. We got conflict with people you know, conflict with people you don't know. Conflict with strangers, like what okay. kind of, what kind of conflict, conflict with people that you know? Conflict with people that I know and that are in my circle, I would address it uh, straight up. Which I feel like all kind of con- all conflict should be addressed that way, but especially when you have the proximity to somebody where you're able to ask questions and you're able to gain more information. So what it is they you might have a problem with them or they might have a problem with you. So I think that's a big part of, of addressing conflict is being able to have a conversation with a person and kind of clarify what exactly the problem is. And that's only the first step. So how do you address a problem straight up? You would for me, you would address the issue and not the person. Right. So if. If I'm having a problem with somebody that's close to me, um, we're going to, I'm going to bring up what the issue is first and say, to give a hypothetical scenario, uh, just because I've been talking about my girl a lot on here, I say I got a problem with my girl, right? I got a problem with my girl and, and we're having a, a issue, right? We're ideally, I don't do this all the time now, but ideally the best the best way to confront the issue is to say, hey, um, I've seen that this has been a problem with us or this issue has been a reoccurring theme with us. Um, how are we going to face this issue? Not how am I going to face you or how am I going to deal with you? It's how are we going to attack the issue uh, together? And so then you work from there. I agree. I think, yeah, the best way to address conflict is to face it head on. Also, at the same time, I think people need to really ask themselves, do you really want to solve the problem? Because feelings seek validation, Mm -hmm. not answers. And if we're just going to be speaking based on solely feelings, we're not going to get the problem solved because your feelings fluctuate and your feelings are always biased. Mm -hmm. Because it's us versus the problem, not me versus you. So how can we both resolve this issue? rather than just accommodate your feelings. Because if I'm just trying to accommodate your feelings, nothing's really solved. Because even then, I'm disturbing my inner peace, trying to keep the peace with you. So I feel like, as a collective, we have to address, are we really trying to fix this problem? Or do you just want to feel heard? Because I I could give you a listening ear, but also, at the same time, I could give you solutions to fix this problem. So that needs to be distinguished off the rip. Right. But I definitely believe that uh, it's best to face things head on. But I feel like you have to be very gentle. Like I said before, and the Bible says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And I feel like with a lot of conflict, you know what I'm saying, there's a lot of heightened emotions. So you have to be very delicate because someone addressing that they're bothered by something, that's them being vulnerable. And to be vulnerable by definition is to be weak. So they're already soft and weak in that moment. You don't want to, you know what I'm saying, Harden their shell mm-hmm. by you know what I'm saying coming very off like very coming off aggressive with them. You want to be very diligent 
and making sure that you're giving a kind and understanding response because everybody wants to feel understood whether right or wrong it's it's important too like you said uh, is being gentle when you when you address the issue because uh, a lot of people um a lot of times the issue that that they're bringing up really isn't the issue is probably something that it's something simple that that Triggered. may have harvested like may have triggered them or they've harvested over a while and so uh, it for them to kind of peel back those layers and get to whatever the problem really is that takes a lot of just respecting the fact that that takes a lot of work and a lot of transparency and a lot of vulnerability and a lot of uh, uh, brave bravery just to um, you know let your guard down and, and allow somebody to, to see you in that space and I feel like that's a big problem with like the media and, and like social media and like today like you know music and stuff like that you're not supposed to the way to confront issues now is you know what i'm saying gotta be oh, you, do, you, do, you, yeah. you know what i'm saying you gotta be real rah rah gotta be hard with yeah, exactly and like and that that already just creates another barrier because because when you come into that situation like that then the other person is gonna have to they're gonna either one they're even either try to react the same way you are or two they're just gonna be like all right forget it or three they just gonna look at you like you crazy. You know what's so. ironic, bro? What? All these people, especially in our generation, be like, I'm not my parents. Uh-huh. But based on how y'all interact with each other, y'all are, y'all have the same type of argument type. Yeah. And also, I want to establish that the connotation of argument. Argument is literally just your point. If you're in a court of law, you're giving your argument. If, you have a, if you're in a debate, you're giving your argument. An argument doesn't have to have a negative connotation mm-hmm. that it has. But I feel like people, when they, they're like, I don't want to argue. And it's like, an argument is simply a disagreement that you're, you know what I'm saying, that you're presenting to somebody mm-hmm. with your own points of view and uh, evidence. But so it's like, with that connotation, people, I feel like, fear conflict. When conflict doesn't have to be necessarily negative. Mm-hmm. Like, if we have a disagreement, that right there is a conflict that we're addressing. It's not a bad thing. I feel like the fear of the words themselves create fear mm-hmm. in general. And perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't be afraid to just communicate with somebody that you're dealing with or that you're friends with in any capacity. And I think that really comes from the the stigma of, like we talked about before, just in our personal conversation, just everything seeming a whole lot of black and white. Like, it's either it's one side or the other. Like, it's either you on my side that of this dualistic argument. dualistic mindset. Exactly. Yeah. You, on, you on my side of this argument or you on the other side. You on the other side, then... You the ops, or you on the other side, then you know what I'm saying. It's so. kind of like in politics, like people. If you're not on, if you're not conservative, you're a liberal, and it's like, why can't I agree with some policies from exactly. this party and some from the other? I feel like now we're in a point because, like I said, especially because of social media, there is no middle ground. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to just think freely because people are like, if you're on this side, you're an op. You're you're a bad person. If you're on this side, you're a bad person. It's like, why can't I agree with some things? And some things, you know what I'm saying? You don't just, you know what I'm saying, when you cook, just use only pepper. You mix the seasonings. I can use other stuff to add exactly. on. I don't have to agree with just one thing. And I feel as if that's where a lot of conflict lies. Because people, like me, I was talking to one of my friends, and I was like, you're in the business of taking things as they are. Mm-hmm. I'm in the business of understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like people, uh, they lack. When it comes to conflict, people, intentions matter off the rip. Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't go into arguments intentionally mm-hmm. and they don't go in with the intention of understanding they go with go in with the intention of getting their point across mm-hmm. and i feel like when you go into an argument 
or a conflict, I feel as if you should go in there with the with the idea that I'm gonna try to understand where they're coming from and come to a resolution rather than I'm just talk my stuff and get my point across because most of the times people aren't really listening. Mm-hmm. They're waiting their turn to speak. And a lot of times if you be talking to somebody, you realize they low key agree with you. It's just they're not even trying to be receptive of what you're saying because they're already talking on the defense. And because they're speak they're on the defense, mm-hmm. they're taking offense to things. And it's like being offended one is a choice. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the business of understanding, you can avoid all that being offended. You can avoid, you know what I'm saying, very being agitated and things of that nature. Just go in with the intention that I'm trying to understand and resolve this conflict. Mm-hmm. And I I think a lot of that stems from and I'm not I'm not oblivious to to feeling that way. And it's a lot of just wanting to like I said before, feeling like you 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 have to prove um not even prove a point, but you you're you're speaking more from a place of, of hurt or wherever mm-hmm. wherever that place is that you're coming from. So you feel like you have to prove uh your point or you feel like you have to get your point across. So it might be like, dang, like whatever whatever we're talking about or whatever the, the person said to me or say you got in a disagreement and something was said in disagreement and it might have and it might have struck you the wrong way. You feel like you now have to uh, debate that point to to protect yourself more and protect your image more than it is to protect uh, more than it is to understand exactly what they're saying. And so, and like we said the the last podcast, the way to uh, combat offense is to be curious so instead of you know mm-hmm. somebody I you, you always have to uh, have to ask uh, what it is or, or maybe any question that you need to to get a better understanding about what the other person is saying so you're not so offended yeah it's just it's, it's so weird because we'll always say like a lot of people's feelings are a result of hurt, mm-hmm. but I feel like we got to dig a little deeper to get to why they're in this defensive mode. Mm-hmm. And when I really think about it, most things stem from the spirit of rejection. Mm-hmm. So someone, like we, we're Christians, so we know about that church or people, mm-hmm. their argument is rooted in being rejected or outcasted by the church mm-hmm. rather than being welcomed. Even if we're black. We see a lot of uh, mixed kids be like, I'm too, I'm too white for the black kids. Mm-hmm. I'm too black, black for the for white the kids. Black and it's like a lot of people's defensiveness stems from rejection. Yeah. And because they're rejected, they're, they're biased and they're coming from a place of hurt. So they're not even in the business of understanding because they themselves were never understood. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it takes one to know one. So if you're not understood, how can you understand? Exactly. Half the time, people, a lot of people in that situation, in this scenario of, you know, the black and the white kids, a lot of times somebody just wants to come up to them and be like, y'all, I understand it. it's been hard for you and, you know, I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's some, that's all people be wanting sometimes. All, the the whole resolution to to them wanting to, you know what I'm saying, make a whole argument because nobody mm-hmm. ever came up to them and was just like, dang, like, like I see the experience that you've had was, was a difficult one and it was hard for you. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And life is tough. Like it's just, it it a lot of times, people like you said, people's feelings just want to be validated, and so that's really mostly all it is. Every like think about it. The first thing like people say, you hear a girl to be like, I just feel like, because mm-hmm. it's not about logic. A lot of things are about people's feelings. 
people just want to have their feelings validated. That's why I'm like, you need to address, do you want your feelings to be heard or do you want to resolve the conflict? Because a lot of problems in life aren't problems of the mind or mm-hmm. logic. It's problems of the heart. Mm-hmm. Like, you can ask somebody something and you can make complete logic on how to resolve it and you'll see that they'll still go back to things that hurt them. Mm-hmm. Because it was never about, you know what I'm saying, fixing the issue. It was about having their feelings hurt. That's the same way how people in relationships be like, oh, why do you keep going back to that dude? Why do you keep going back to that girl? Because it was never about solving the problem about their feelings being hurt. Mm-hmm. It was about the other person hearing them and being validated. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think it's the smartest thing, that's all it really boils down to. They want to feel understood by a certain somebody, and they don't. Because the problem was never with their brain. Mm-hmm. It was with the heart. And that's why it's best to say, you know, they're saying like, yes, lead with your, follow your heart, but don't forget your brain. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people forget their brain because a lot of people's arguments, it shows their heart posture. A lot of people, their heart posture isn't straight. Is is crooked? They got a bad back. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like their heart posture. Is it? Is a other words? It's like your words reflect your heart, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like how you address conflict shows your state of mind. That's why it's like people who like when they're upset, who cuss you out, or who go off on you, or who say spiteful things, or you know what I'm saying, bring up stuff from your past and throw it in your face. It shows their heart posture because they're not a healed version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Because anybody who's healed the words that come out your mouth would be love. It wouldn't be something that's so spiteful or so hateful. And that, and it's just, that comes from a place of hurt because it's, it's, it's this nitpick uh, attitude where you hit me, I hit you back. And that just shows, like I said, their heart posture. I think it's important to recognize in, in just life in general, right? So that's why I asked, it depends on who I'm, I'm having a conflict with because not everybody is exposed to as many different scenarios as we think they are, right? So, uh, and not everybody is as seasoned as as we might think they are, right? So a lot of times you think, oh, it's you're twenty, you're twenty two by now, or like you're a certain age by now. You should have you this, should know you better. You should know this. You should know better. You should have this understanding already. And a lot of people just don't, and it's not their fault. They just don't have. They just haven't either been through enough seasons or they just haven't been able to grasp uh, the understanding and the concepts of the seasons they've been through. So they're able to You can't take someone to a place you've never been. Exactly. So they're not able to apply what it is that they've experienced in those past seasons to be able to elevate their, their emotional intelligence to a level where they are able to move past their feelings and actually understand... Uh, what it is that them, they themselves are feeling, and so I feel like a large problem with a uh, conflict too, and how people aren't like receptive of it. A lot of people do not have a lot of experiences with gentleness, mm-hmm. and I feel as if that makes a big difference because those the times you are being gentle with them, a lot of people don't know how to receive gentleness, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to receive gentleness as authentic either when someone's really being kind to them Mm -hmm. and trying to be nurturing because they feel like it's an ulterior motive but also in the same breath a lot of stuff you say you want for sure a lot of Mm -hmm. things you say you want also you're not really prepared for you're Mm -hmm. not ready for that's why like you know saying god has to build your character because you could say you want a a a gentle friend a gentle partner but then when there's a conflict and they're being gentle you might abuse them because you're not even used to communicating with them in a conflict properly Mm -hmm. and now you just ruined that for yourself 
because not everybody has, I feel like is ready to receive gentleness. They're they're used to a firm mattress, not mm-hmm. a soft one. Mm-hmm. And now they're and they're not because they had a firm mattress, their back hurts. So they're not adjusted to a soft mattress. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It might take some time to get adjusted to, but I feel like a lot of stuff has like a lot of inner work has to really be done because you're gonna abuse the very thing. Just a saying, if God gave you what you wanted too soon, you would abuse it. Mm. And that comes with gentle people right. and communication. Because a lot of people be like, oh, I want a healthy relationship. And I think a lot of, the most important thing we say is communication. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing about communication is conflict because a healthy relationship is measured by how much conflict it can withstand. Mm-hmm. If it can't withstand any conflict, your relationship's not healthy. Because a lot of people think the avoidance and lack of conflict makes your relationship strong. Mm-hmm. But it's not because you see who somebody is through different types of conflict in different scenarios. You have to go through these situations to know how would they address this situation. Because if it's all sunshine and rainbows, you don't know what it's like when it's raining. So I think it's very important that we do the inner work to be able to receive gentleness from a partner or a relationship or a friendship. Because if you don't know how to receive gentleness, you will abuse the very thing that you request. That's facts. That's definitely been... For me, at least speaking from a relationship standpoint, that has definitely been a big struggle of mine is, uh, like you said, being able to actually take somebody's gentleness as uh, true and take it as them not having an ulterior motive. And that's really, really a big struggle for dudes mm-hmm. and for men. For me? Exactly, for, for men in general, because it's just like, you know, you find something good, and 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 then you don't, you're not exactly sure how to handle it. And then also, sometimes you gotta take that L. Sometimes you you find something good and you mess it up so bad that that the the good person was like, "Hey, you 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 you, you asked that, for this, but you're not ready for it. You, so. you burnt that bridge. Exactly. So sometimes you just gotta take that L and and are you ready? <laughs> and make sure that you that you uh, learn from it and keep it pushing. So. For sure, like, even myself, like, I've been on both sides of the spectrum to where I was the one who wasn't ready to receive, mm-hmm. and I was the one who was giving. They weren't, I remember, like, this one person, you know what I'm saying, so I love still, you feel right, me? Right. And I'm, I'm a very gentle man. I don't, I don't really argue, bro. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, she even, like, she, she even, like, told me, even told her therapist, she told me about it, that she's not really ready to deal with the type of love I could provide because she's so used to toxicity that she self-sabotages at the fact that I'm actually patient and gentle with her. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of things, the proper word I would say with a lot of people when it comes to stuff like that, when you're not ready for it, it's going to overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. And you will go back, because we're, we're, natures of, we're creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. Humans are creatures of habit. Yeah. So if you're used to a certain environment, you're going to, re- you know what I'm saying, retract yourself back to that environment, right. and you're going to go back to your instincts that you're, you're used to. So if you're used to a, a toxic, bad environment, when you're put in an environment where you don't have to be on the defense, you'll naturally just defend yourself when you don't have to. And it, to the expense, you might even burn a bridge. Right. All because you didn't put that flame out. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to put that flame out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, the perfect analogy is a lot of people, they keep a flame. They, they keep that lighter. They keep that candle lit because they're used to being in a place of darkness. But now they're in the place of light. Mm-hmm. You don't need the candle no more. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You're surrounded by lightness, but you feel to realize you're still playing with fire. Mm-hmm. And if you play with fire, you might get burnt. So sometimes you got to put that candle out. That makes sense. That's facts. That was a good analogy. Thanks. I try. Shout out to the Holy Spirit. 
But um, yeah, I I want to bring up this verse because where my phone? Oh. But yeah, make sure I'm saying put that candle out because if you don't put that candle out, you might trip and burn yourself because you're so used to being surrounded by darkness, and that's so many people like self sabotage is something that people typically do so frequently to the point I don't I think also in things that you claim you want in the conflict because say you want to be a, a star athlete a complicated address is going in the gym getting those shots of doing all these things to maintain your body most people are in love with the idea of the things they want but they're not ready to face the adversity to maintain or obtain these things so you have to really ask yourself am I ready for it and I feel there has to be a lot of inner work done that people try to avoid and because we're in a generation of I'm gonna swap them out or mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying moving on rather than getting over stuff mm-hmm. we don't generally heal from things and we don't know how to address conflict because most of the times especially how we uh, like how we respond to most things we run from conflict and I think a lot of times the strongest relationships you have in your lives are the ones that had a lot of conflict like me and Josiah I've known him since I was fourth grade. We've had a lot of conflict to the point I didn't even like him when I met him. To be to be honest, I know there's times he didn't like me. There's times I didn't like him. But it, it it makes your relationship stronger when you get through those conflicts because you learn more about a person, how they think, how they feel, their traumas, their experiences, how they're gonna react to certain things. But if we're always in a place where we're running from the conflict that we face by dealing with these people we're never going to be able to actually learn to do it with it healthily and as young adults how are we going to have kids because you're not going to be able to do a conflict with your kids a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity say it louder man Proverbs seventeen seventeen for the address that's what the address is Proverbs seventeen seventeen. read one more game I don't think they heard you the first time a friend is a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity man what a lot of people keep running from adversity, but like, it's not gonna do you any justice. How do you, how, okay, so back to like, running back to the conflict. Mm-hmm. How do you address conflict with people you don't know? I don't. I ain't gonna lie, that's a smart thing to do, cause 48 laws of power, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Never outshine the master. And a lot of people, a lot of things like I say, I always say all the time, as you guys know, if you've been listening, mm-hmm. a lot of things are because of the ego. Mm-hmm. It's important to let people have it because unless it's blatant disrespect, if it's blatant disrespect, you address it. Don't let nobody play with you. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You you gotta address that. But for most things, if it's subtle and not directed, just let it fly because at the end of the day, you may burn a bridge. Sometimes it's better to let people feel good about themselves because they reward you based on you boosting their ego. Mm-hmm. Not saying kiss their butt, but just let them have it. Just don't reply. Like they say something slick, you got it because. When you pull them out, especially in a position that's higher than you, they already feel like they're superior to you. So the moment you make them feel inferior, they're going to try to show you that I'm above you. Mm-hmm. So you just got to let people have it sometimes. Like the Bible always says, like Jesus said, if someone smacks you in the cheek, you turn the other cheek and give it to them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's kind of hard because that takes true humility, mm-hmm. which I'm not 100% there. Mm-hmm. And I won't act like I am because if you smack me, it's up. <laughs> I feel like a big thing with that is... Um, being able to understand that uh, whoever is uh, trying to address you or have a conflict with you who doesn't know you, 
the the fact is that you don't really know what their problem is necessarily like unless it's a face-to-face situation which rarely happens so a lot of times you know in this age that we live in it's a how low it's a whole lot of um you know subtweeting and you know what i'm saying dms and dissing and stuff sneak dissing and stuff like that so just it's, scary it's 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 a lot of uh blank blank areas it's not even gray areas it's just blank areas like they just say something and then just leave it alone so you just gotta leave it alone because you don't even know what that's about like like somebody can just subtweet you and be like oh yeah i heard this one time you just like Ooh. What you what are you what are you supposed to how are you supposed to like what in reality how are you supposed to respond to that you can't you can't you don't have enough context to be able to to understand what it is that they're talking about like you don't have enough context to be able to understand why they're talking about what they're talking about like like and and we've said this before I've at least I've said this in the podcast before it's it's hard it's easy to judge somebody from far away right until you get close to them it, it makes it a lot harder to judge somebody so uh once they once you get close to them and and then you'll definitely probably realize uh whatever it is that that the argument or the conflict was about it was really just not even worth worth time and so i i've definitely come to realize that a lot of the stuff that that are are conflicts and arguments are just not even worth the time of and it's crazy because what you said it made me think. A lot of people aren't in love for real. They say they love these people, but First John four eighteen, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Mm-hmm. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. So, all this relationship with God reflects relationships in our life. That's why God gave us people so we can know what it's like to be a friend to love because that's how we're supposed to be with God, right? So if it's perfect love in a relationship or a friendship, mm. you shouldn't be afraid to address conflict. That right there itself is not love. That's not perfect love cast out here. So how are you afraid to address how you feel with somebody that you're intimate with? That don't even make sense. One thing I would say though, with somebody that you're intimate with or somebody that you have a relationship with, um, if they aren't able to, to say that they were wrong in any situation, then, then I, they're not even a, a, don't even, that's. I don't understand that. Anyway, how can you give somebody your body, but you can't even give them your feelings? That don't make sense because the body should be a reward for taking care of my feelings. But why are you giving out the body and the feelings aren't even getting taken care of? Sounds pretty counterproductive to me, but I'm not judging them. I'm just saying it doesn't really make much logical sense because it's the people's need to feel heard, accepted, that they'll even give up their body in those situations. But perfect love casts out fear. Don't even indulge with somebody if you can't even really be honest with them. Because if you can't be honest with somebody, how can you how can you get to know them? How would they know? No one can truly know you unless they know how you feel and know how you think. If you can't even address a conflict, they don't know how you think and they don't know how you feel. So they don't even truly know you. Because... When you don't address certain stuff, you don't just do yourself a disservice. You do them a disservice because you can't learn without being corrected. You feel me? So it's very important to, you know what I'm saying, be surrounded by those who you can actually communicate with. And I'm not saying you have to cut people off. 
But you, I'm really, I'm a big person who is big on demoting people. Don't call them your friends. They could be an associate. Dude, a lot of times, your friends, you need to start doing friend checks. You need to realize who who is really your friend and who is not your friend. A lot of times, people are just uh, uh, a like a likeness. Not even associates. It's just like we both have similar. We both go with the same thing. We're both. We both like basketball. We both like basketball. We both don't like basketball. We both like to watch the Super Bowl or watch football on Sundays. We both might like the Raiders. You Commonality know? versus suitability. Exactly. Like there's. A do lot. they suit you, or do you have stuff in common? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a big thing, in terms of, uh, you know, what I'm saying the friend checks or relationship checks. And in terms of conflict, like there's a bit, like I said, there's a big misconception about conflict because conflict doesn't have to be scary. People think of conflict as this big argument, or it it could literally be like you ate the last thing of cereal, I wanted it, and you're just talking about how you feel. And I feel like when you don't, when when you're always avoiding a conflict, you're only you're, it shows kind of a lack of respect for yourself to the same time. You want to speak up for yourself. You, and how can you love someone else if you don't love yourself? And part of love is respect. You have to respect yourself enough to speak up for things that you want, and if you and, and speak up for yourself for how you feel, protect yourself. But a lot of people don't in the name of love, and that's not genuine love. If you feel like you came and speak up about something, how is that love? If anything, that's fear. If, I, if I'm not able to 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 say like, yo, yeah, you definitely just. Uh, the worst thing possible is is to say to somebody like yo you know you know you were wrong for and they blatantly were wrong for something that they did and they're not able to say yeah you're right i was wrong for that that is like the worst that is the worst thing that that you can ever it's 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 annoying just to to keep it short but like i said earlier you know you don't even address um people who for me, it's important to not even address people who I don't know, and also people who are not uh, Christians, because it's it's hard to ooh, to have a the, a point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Keep talking. You talking that stuff. It's hard to have a point a point of view when uh, you about to go to First Corinthians. How you know? Because I'm I'm there right now. Yeah, because you know I'm saying you can't explain spiritual things to people who aren't spiritual. Exactly. Because they're not in the spirit. They don't have the gift to even receive that information. Exactly. So a lot of times it's going to sound like foolishness. Because if you're thinking carnally, you can't understand spiritual things. Exactly. That's why I feel like the most important thing you can do in situations is plant the seed. So uh, we're in 1 Corinthians 6. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Uh, they got some crazy stuff going and going on over there. If you read Corinthians, it's really kind of wild what they be doing. Um, but uh, he says, when one of you has a dispute with another believer, how dare you file a lawsuit and ask a, and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to other believers? Don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? And since you are going to judge the world, can't you this can't you decide even these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we will judge angels so you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life? If you have legal disputes about such matters, why go outside judges who are not respected by the church? I am saying this to shame I'm saying this to shame you. Isn't there anyone in all the church who is wise enough to decide these issues? 
but instead one believer sues another right in front of unbelievers. As Christians, look, Chris Rock, if you watch, if you remember the whole uh, Chris Rock slapping Will Smith thing, right? Chris Rock came out with a special. Will Smith's not Chris Rock. I mean, Will Smith smacking smacking Chris Rock. Yes, Chris Rock had a special on Netflix. And at the end, uh, he said that one thing his mom taught him is to, as a black person, is to never fight in front of white people. And one thing as a as a Christian is to never fight with another Christian in front of unbelievers because that is something that they'll they, take to their advantage and use it. Exactly. That's you're just giving them another reason. Unbelievers like Christians don't even know how to deal with themselves. How how are they supposed to be the the light and soul of the world? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. so, it's important that when when you're a believer dealing with another believer that you do address the issue but you don't you don't do it in, in a public square and yeah and i agree not all conflict should be addressed because if you're going to speak why would you speak to someone who doesn't have a listening ear mm-hmm. because they're 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 not gonna they're not even willing to understand like first corinthians 2 13 and 14 when we tell you these things we do not use words that come from human wisdom instead we speak words given to us by the spirit using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. Mm-hmm. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people are trying to... You're trying to speak English to somebody who speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're only frustrating yourself because, like, why don't you understand? One thing I always say is know your audience. Know who you're dealing with. Not all conflict has to be addressed. But I do, I do think conflict should be addressed in a lot of cases for healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. But if these are people you're not in close quarters with, then you shouldn't have to address everything. Not everything really needs a response. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you, if you feel like you're speaking English to someone who speaks Spanish and they're in your close quarters, you need to reevaluate that relationship. But yeah, that's very important. But yeah, like I feel like a lot of people in terms of uh, conflict. They don't know how to go about it, know who to have conflict with. And I feel like the problem is a lot of things boil down as to who we want. Who who do we feel is worth this? And then we, if we get to the root of why we feel certain people are worth having these conversations and why some people aren't, it would fix a lot of things. Because people are willing to go uh, bar for bar with people who don't want to understand, mm-hmm. but then want to dismiss people who do want to understand. And then they, they, they want to speak to people who don't speak English. But then, to those who speak English, you don't want to say nothing. I think knowing who and like knowing who, knowing the who you should indulge with, that plays a big part. Knowing who you are around, who you're encountering, because mm-hmm. a lot of times that's where the problem really starts. Who am I talking to? I think that's a big. A big you're not talking to yourself. I think that's a big point. Like you said, is is a lot of people want to go, and it's that it's that 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 dualistic mindset you said because now. A lot of people don't want to actually take the time to to speak with somebody who does want to understand and that's that's yeah and it's crazy because i feel like you know i think it's kind of very unfair what people don't grant everybody the same grace which i understand is how it is in life but it's to somebody who is not as emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. they'll give them like ten thousand chances mm-hmm. The one time the one person who is most intelligent messes up, mm-hmm. you're so quick to like cut them out and cut them off, like they're not a person. Like it's 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 such a weird thing. Like 
you can you, with somebody like with somebody who truly cares for you, it takes one conflict for you to cut them off. But for somebody who doesn't care to understand you or be there for you, you'll give them a thousand chances. And it's it's so sick. It's such a sick thing when I see it, and it's it's such a heartbreaking thing because I think it's so common. Like ugh, it makes me sick. I'm repulsed. I think uh, a big thing to have as a prerequisite, and I feel like. Uh, this isn't really on the forefront of a lot of people's minds, but at the end of the day, uh, in terms of everybody in general, right? Everybody is, is trying to do their best in this life to cope with whatever they're going to or to to do uh, whatever path of life they're on because, you know, it's really, it's real, like I said, it's really easy to judge somebody from far away. And so when you have the prerequisite already in your head that, everybody is trying to do their best then that moves you a little step closer so now you have a little bit more empathy for somebody who maybe you're arguing with or something they're they're just trying to do their best if somebody is arguing with you and and they're you feel like they're not seeing your point of view or you feel like they're not seeing um your point of view or you're not seeing theirs or whatever the issue is you just have to realize that they're trying to do their best to with with, with the knowledge that they have they're doing their best to communicate whatever they're feeling at the moment and they might not be able to say it in the best way and you might not be able to say it in the best way or they might not be able to receive it whatever the case may be everybody is is trying to do their best in in this life and and that's like that's just like the basis of of humanity right there whether some people are trying to yeah i'm just leaving right there but i wanted to give this example of paul go ahead let them know the example. This example of Paul confronting somebody in yeah. the church. We are in Galatians. Uh, here we go. This is Galatians 2. Uh, the 14 years I went back to Jerusalem. Then 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again. Uh, this time with Barnabas and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for I feared that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. And they supported me and did not demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even, even that question came up only because of some so-called believers there false ones really calling people out were secretly brought in they sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in christ jesus they wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their jewish jewish regulations where we refused to give them for a single moment we wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel's message for you hold on wait here we go Instead, they saw that God had given me a responsibility of preaching to the preaching the gospel to Gentiles, just as He had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the, as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, Peter, in fact, James and Peter and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift. Of God had the gift God had given me and accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers they encouraged us to be to keep preaching to the Gentiles 
while they continued their work with the Jews, their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have been always eager to do. And right here, verse 11. But, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from those people who instead on the necessity who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are giving and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? This is this is a, a, an example of Paul having to confront somebody within the church in front of other believers, right? So this is what we say. Uh, we, we as people who are Christians are not going to uh, have a, a argument or a conflict in front of people who aren't believers because if somebody... Who wasn't a believer, like it said right here, in front of the Gentiles, they they're not going to be able to understand what it is the problem is, and so uh, I think that's a like Nick said, your audience is a really big uh, important factor when you're when you're uh, having a conflict or having an argument, and so um, yeah, yeah, I think that's good, bro. Yeah, man. I think we can end it off on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is Are We Beefing? This is Becoming Shinless Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.